I believe God has something to say to us. And so I'm looking forward to hear what he has to say. You know, when we, we talk about God's plan for our lives, you know, we hear believers talk about that. And we, we, tend, to, we tend to look at it as, uh, in terms of who we should, we, who we should marry, um, what house we should buy. Or we would look at, think of it in terms of how much stocks we should buy. Or when should we retire? But when you stop and think about that, those questions really focus on our plans for our lives, not God's plan for our lives. Amen? There's a difference. Because when we think about God's plan, we're talking about something far greater than your plans and my plans. Amen? And I don't want to focus here tonight on what God's plan is for our lives. The, the Bible is filled with what his plans are. But tonight I want to focus on how determined God is to fulfilling his plans for our lives. And I'll tell you, it's just a wonderful and powerful thing because there's three things that we need to remember. First of all, that God's, our life, or our life's plan, I should say, is customized. Amen. I said our life's plan is customized. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. Well, I'm sorry, I'll take that back. Go to Psalm 139 instead. Psalm 139. We'll go to Jeremiah later. Our life's plan is customized. Psalm 139, verse 16 says, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Now let me read that to you from the New Living Translation so that you can get a better and clearer understanding. That verse 16 says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And so we see that every day of our life has already been determined and been recorded before you and I was ever born. So our life is customized for a particular purpose and plan that God has already planned out for us. So we also need to understand that our life's plan is good. Now go with me to Jeremiah 29. And we're all familiar with this verse. We know that our life's plan, according to God, is customized. Every moment of our lives is being recorded, had been recorded, before we were ever born. Our life's plan is also good. Look at what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, O shalom, and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now let me read that to you from the Amplified Version. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace, and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Now, anybody that says that all the evil and all the sickness and disease that are in this world are all part of God's plan 
is simply contradicting who God really is. It's a total contradiction of God's nature and of his character. But according to Jeremiah 29, 11, his thoughts and his plans are for our good, not for evil. So I don't want you even thinking that the sickness and disease are part of God's plan because it's not. And that's not what the word of God says. We also want to know that not only is our life's plan customized, and not only is our life plan good, but our life's plan is guaranteed. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I'm sorry. I still hear pages turning, so I'll wait. Must be a long day. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In verse 24, it says, Faithful is he that calls you, who also will do it. Now, once again, let me read that to you from the Amplified Version. Faithful is he who is calling you to himself, and utterly trustworthy, and he will also do it, fulfill his call by keeping you. So that word faithful is actually trusty or trustworthy. So when we talk about God's plan, you know, how many have ever planned a party with a, you know, a family get-together or, 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 or some sort of a wedding? And um, I don't know if you've experienced this, but perhaps maybe you have. But when you get together and plan something, there's always someone who wants to take charge. And it's always someone that you don't really have any confidence in because his track record has been disastrous. How many of you know somebody like that? Okay, so you all experienced that. So it's very hard to trust in someone who's not very good at planning things and whose track record is not very good because of the past experiences. But when we trust in God, we can be assured of one thing. He's got an excellent track record. So because when God makes a plan, he never messes up. And everyone always benefits from his plans. So when we talk about his plans and how he guarantees it, when he calls you, he empowers you. So when the plan comes, every resource has already been provided for you, for whatever it is that we need for that time. Because God is the one that planned it. Okay, it's not Sister uh, Jomo or whatever who planned it and messed things up, but God is the one that did the planning. And keep in mind, again, I want to focus on God's determination on willing to fulfill his plan for our lives. And I want to show you that in the scripture. But go with me to, let's see. Well, you know what? Go with me to Exodus chapter 1, and we'll begin there. And while you're turning there, let me just give you a little background. In the book of Genesis chapter 12, God appears to Abraham and he begins to reveal his plan. And his plan was that God was going to make him an exceeding great nation. He was going to exceedingly multiply him, increase him. He's going to be called a father of many nations. 
He also appears to him in, in Genesis chapter 17 where he makes a covenant with him and reaffirms this plan that he had to make him a great nation, to multiply him, to be increased, and to be fruitful. Then he talks to, uh, or appears to Isaac, his son, and says the same thing. How through him he's going to multiply, he's going to be fruitful, and he's going to be a great nation. Then he appears to Jacob with that same plan to be fruitful, to multiply, and to be increased, and to be a great nation. And when it came to Jacob, with all of his family, all of his sons, including Joseph, by the time they were in Egypt, there were about 75 of them. Now, as we pick up in Exodus chapter 1, let me get there myself. Beginning verse 1, it says, Now these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Egypt, each man and his household came with Jacob. There was Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All those who were descendants of Jacob were 70 persons, for Joseph was in Egypt already. Of course, including Joseph, came to 75. And then Joseph died, and all his brothers in all that generation, in verse 6. But the children of Israel, listen to verse 7. But the children of Israel were what? Fruitful and what? And increased abundantly and what else? And multiplied and what else? And grew exceedingly mightily and what else? And the land was filled with them. So looking at this, we see that God fulfilled his plan. Now, of course, this is just the tip of the iceberg. But you can see how God is fulfilling his plan. Now, as we read on, in verse uh, chapter, uh, I should say, in verse um, 10, a new king came into the scene. And he was very much concerned by the increase of the population of God's people. Very much concerned because it was more of them than there were of the Egyptians. So he felt threatened, and it was almost like the national security was, at, was, was, was being threatened. And so he felt he had to do something to stop the growth and the increase of God's people. So he devised his own plan. And in verse 10, it says, Come and let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply more, and, show, and should war befall us, they join our enemies, fight against us, and escape out of the land. Verse 11, he says, So they set over the Israelites taskmasters to afflict and to oppress them with increased burdens. And the Israelites built Pithom and Ramses as store cities of Pharaoh. Now skip down to verse 13. And the Egyptians reduced the Israelites to severe slavery. They made their lives, excuse me, they made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar, brick, and all kinds of work in the field. And all their service was with harshness and severity. Now, we know that God has a plan for our lives. We know that his plans have been customized for us. We know that our life plan is good. We know that also our life plan is guaranteed. But sometimes in life, we'll come against situations that will try to stop God's plan from being fulfilled in your life. 
In this case, we see some real harsh treatment towards God's people. Because it was the king's intent to stop the growth and stop the population and stop God's plan. So he did it by making sure that these Israelites each day would suffer. It would be a day of suffering. It would be a day of harshness. It would be a day of severity. It would be a day of oppression, all to discourage and stop the growth of God's people. But look in verse 12. But the more they afflicted them, the more they what? Multiplied and what? And grew, and they were in dread of the children of Israel. (laughs) So, when we look at this example, we see God had a plan. And he began to fulfill this plan. But then an opposition came against it who devised their own plan to stop God's plan from being fulfilled. And one I want to share with you tonight, which is the title of this message, God's plan will prevail. So let's take a look at our own lives. We know that God's plan for, for, for our lives. We know that, in, uh, for instance, Ephesians chapter uh, 2 and verse 10, he says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had already ordained or planned before we were ever born. So that's just one of his plans. The Bible says in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. These are all of God's plan. But with every of God's plan, there's always going to be some sort of opposition that's going to try to bring oppression, harshness, severity into your life to stop you or to stop God's plan for your life. Now let me just say this. God's plan cannot be stopped. Go with me to Acts chapter 5. God's plan cannot be stopped. But, Acts chapter 5. If God made the plan, God is going to fulfill the plan. And nothing's going to get in the way of that. But when God but when opposition come against us and we suffer oppression or sickness or poverty or whatever it is that will cause us or cause or prevent God from fulfilling his plan in our lives, the only one that can stop God's plan from being fulfilled is you and I. God will fulfill his plan either way, one way or the other, with or without you. But God will fulfill his plan. What God wants is for us to be on the same page and get on this plan. You know, if, if, if use the analogy of a football team, and I'm a big football fan. How many football fans we have here? Praise the Lord. How many Patriots fans we have here? Praise the Lord. Any New York Giants fan here? Okay, please exit the back room door, please. You're stopping God's plan from being fulfilled. God's plan will prevail. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, football analogy. If um, when you see Tom Brady huddling up with all of his teammates, 
All 11 of them all gathered together. They're all discussing the plan for this play. Okay. And they're all making the, this, the, this plan. And by the time they get to the line, they're all together knowing what the plan is. Whether it's, yes, hopefully. <laughs> whether it's going to be a running game or a passing game or whatever it may be. Now, what would it look like if none of the 11 players all knew what the plan was, but the other player, two players did not know? So you have nine guys going one way, and you got two guys going the other way. Do you think that that play will eventually work? No, because they're not together. They're not on the same page. They're not connected. And so for us to get to know God's plan and to be a part of his plan, we have to be connected. And it means trusting in his plans. Okay. It's not like some kind of some shmo joe or whatever trying to plan for your wedding and then make a disaster out of it. No, we're trusting in God for his plans. Okay. He's been in this business a long time. And as I said before, he's got an excellent track record. But look at Acts chapter 5. The story here is when the, the, the apostles were preaching the gospel and they were arrested by the Sanhedrin and by the Pharisees, by the religious leaders of that time, because they did not want them to preach this Jesus. And of course, they, they were arrested and then the, the Holy Spirit released them. And they went back in the synagogue and began preaching the gospel. And they got arrested again and were brought before the council. But here's the thing. One of the religious leaders, important man, gathered all of his colleagues together. And he said this. Beginning in uh, verse 38. Now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. Look at verse 39. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. So when we are connected with God's plan, and if we know it's God's plan, nothing can overthrow it. Nothing can deter it. Nothing can alter it. Nothing can change it. But the only thing it can do is fulfill God's plan. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. So it's important that we stay connected to God's plan because nothing can deter it. And it's, for me, it's, it just gives me the confidence and the peace in knowing that I can hang on to God's coattails and know that he's going to get me through because he's got a perfect plan. You and I can devise up all kinds of plans. But God's plan is far greater. Listen, to show you how determined God is, in the beginning, God determined to create the heavens and the earth. And he did it. He, he determined to create man in his image. And he did it. He decided to come into the earth and take on the form of man in order to save man. And he did it. So I want you to see how determined God is in fulfilling his plan for our lives. And it's not that God doesn't care about who you should marry or what stocks you should buy or where you should live. But there's a far greater plan that God has. I was at a funeral 
And the, the, the person who was officiating the funeral kept saying that this body is a temporary resident. And so, and, and I thought about that. I said, you know, that's true. Because one day we're going to move out and move into our new resident, which is permanent and eternal. But see, that's part of God's plan. And his plan is eternal. We think of plans. We're thinking about what we're going to do tomorrow. Or we make these plans to go on a trip. And there's nothing wrong with that. But let's focus on the real plan. God's eternal plan for our lives. And we need to just connect and stay connected and stay hooked up with God so that we can see that fulfillment of his plans in our lives so that he, in the end, can receive all the glory. Amen? Amen. So let's move on. So no man can alter God's plan. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but what? It is the Lord's purpose that will prevail. So when the king did everything he could with his great plan to stop the children of Israel from growing and multiplying, the more they suffered, the more they grew and increased, and the more they multiplied. So you stop and think about that. Nothing can get in the way of God's plan. I don't know what it is that you might be going through. I don't know how discouraged you may be. I don't know what is the situation you might be in right now. But if you're in God's perfect plan, it doesn't matter what it is that you're going through, God's going to take you through. And, your, and His plan for your life, and I have to keep saying that, His plan for your life will be fulfilled. All you need to do is just hang on to the horns of the altar and watch God work. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for that. Amen. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> God's plan is guaranteed. That's what I love about that. You know, when you purchase something, you know, you always want to make sure what guarantees do I have? You know, my, I bought my daughter, oh, actually, she bought uh, a laptop. And uh, we wanted to make sure she had got some guarantees. So if anything should happen, the guarantee is that she's going to get a brand new one. Those are the kind of guarantees I like. See, God provides the same guarantee. You know? it, it's a done deal. It's, it's done. Just stick with the plan. Just trust him. Trust in his plans. Let him do what he has to do. And don't get so caught up with your everyday challenges that you face. You're going to get past that. You're going to get past that. Because you are a part of God's plan. And I, I really want you to get a hold of this. Even if I have to keep saying it over and over again. There's something about being a part of God's plan. And knowing that it's going to work. Knowing that it's a perfect plan. Knowing that it, there's nothing can go wrong. Because we're talking about a God who cannot change. We're talking about an unchanging God who makes a plan and then sticks to that plan. He's not a God that makes a plan and changes his mind and decides to do something else. That's a flaky God, and we do not serve a flaky God. Amen? We serve a wonderful God, a mighty God. Go with me to Psalm 33. 
God is a determined God. And he wants to make sure that his plan is fulfilled and carried out. Psalm 33 and verse 11, it says, But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, and the purposes of his heart through all generations. So God's purpose will prevail over any circumstances, and it will stand firm. It will stand the test of time. You know, we can buckle, we can, we can go get on our knees because of life's struggles and life's challenges. And you know, everyone goes through it. And I know that, um, and again, I'm just going by my own personal experience, that going through tough times is not the easiest thing to do. Uh, those are the most difficult times and difficult moments in one's life when they go through something, uh, a, a terrible time where, and it doesn't seem to be an end to it. And, and I've been through that, and it's like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It, it, it seems like this is going to be like this for the rest of our lives. But when we talk about God's plan and remind ourselves that we're a part of this great plan, I can be encouraged in knowing that I'm not going to be there for too long. Because God's going to get me through that because he has a much greater plan in store. So it's important that we get in his plan, be a part of his team, stay connected with him, and see this wonderful plan fulfilled. I think about Moses when he was when he led his children, the children of Israel out of Egypt. And then they couldn't go any further because they had the Red Sea in front of them. And then behind them they had Pharaoh and his army. So they were like caught up in a rock at a hard place. No place to go. Where are they going to go? So you can imagine what they're going through. You can imagine what they were thinking. So, oh my goodness, this is it. This is my life, the end of it, it's, it's over. But then God had another plan. He told Moses, raise up that stick. And then you see the Red Sea parted. And they were able to go through the Red Sea and continue to fulfill God's plan. Now see, this is what I want you to see. Even in, in moments of bleakness, even in moments of where it just seems impossible, that's the time when you don't give up. That's the time when you don't quit. That's the time when you have to hang on and believe and remember that you are a part of something far greater than what you're going through. And I encourage you, please remind yourself of that. You are a part of something far greater. And you're not going to remain where you are if you stick with the plan. See, it's very important that you be a part of God's team. Get that playbook, which is the word of God. Amen. Study it so that when your play, when your number is called, you know what to do. And you won't be lost because you're part of a great plan. Amen? Amen. I remember trying out for the football team in high school. And um, I remember trying for the slot back position, which is a receiver. I was pretty fast. And I was the third fastest player on that team. I thought I was the fastest, and I realized there were two other guys faster than I was. Uh, and I made the team. And I remember going for the, um, uh, going for a play, you know, just during practice. And I was trying to get a spot. 
And uh, they gave me a play. And, um, you know, I was trying to make an impression. And, of course, it didn't work out too well because I, I dropped the ball. I went left instead of going right. And, uh, well, <laughs> it, it was a disaster, needless to say. But that's because I didn't know the playbook. I had to study the play. And I wasn't prepared. I mean, I was, I was glad that I was a part of the team. I was glad I was wearing a uniform. I'd go around showing off and, you know, with the girls and the numbers and everything else. But I forgot the most important thing. I needed to learn to play. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you're not a part of the team. Or if, if you're a part of a team and you don't know the playbook, you get left out. You get bounced out. And, of course, eventually I got cut. So... <laughs> was one of my failures. But, you know, I can look back and realize, you know what? It's a lesson learned. Because it's not about how you look. It's not about how you think. It doesn't matter what your plans are. The scripture says, unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. So if God is not a part of that, then it's not going anywhere. And you're going to get left out. So I don't want you getting left out. I want you to get back, get in God's plan, study his playbook, find out what you need to do to stay connected and to be a part of his plan, and then let's get win for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's go on. Go to Psalms 118. We have to understand that God is completely trustworthy. And his intentions never change. The Bible says that whatever, whatever is good and perfect comes from above. And God never changes. Psalm 118 and verse 8 says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Look at what Proverbs chapter 3 says. Verse 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not upon your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Amen. You know, we talk about faith a lot. You know, there's, you know the African impala? One of those African animals, like deer-like animals that jump really high. Uh... They're an interesting animal. They're, it's known that they can jump almost 10 feet. And they can cover a distance of almost 30 feet. Imagine that. But enclosed in a cage or in, in, a, in, in an enclosure in a zoo with only three-foot fence, they won't jump over. And the reason for that is that they will not jump if they cannot see where their feet will fall. That's interesting. Yet, all of their ability to be able to jump really high, but they won't do it over a three-foot fence in an enclosure because they won't jump where they can't see where they're going to land. And you see, faith is the ability to trust what we cannot see. Amen. It doesn't matter. And the Bible says we, we, we live by faith, not by sight. So we're trusting in God's plan, even though we may not see it. But we're walking 
in trusting in the Lord. We're not trusting in our own understanding. We're not making our own plans. But we're following God's plan. And if, again, if we trust in his plan and his plan is perfect, his plan will always prevail. His plan will always work. doesn't matter what it faces, what opposition it comes against. It will work. And I love to be a part of a plan that works. Amen. Amen. Go to Isaiah chapter 14. God has a plan. And we need to learn to trust in this plan of his. Because we're very much a part of that plan. And all he's looking for is someone to get on the bandwagon and just follow him. Isaiah 14 in verse 27 says, For the Lord of hosts has planned, and who can frustrate it? And as for his stretched out hand, who can turn it back? Again, I just want to show you how determined God is in fulfilling his plan. And how nothing can get in the way of him doing what he needs to do. Around us, in us, through us, but especially in our lives. And I, I am so grateful to know that God, and again, you may hear me say this time and time again. And if I sound redundant, please forgive me. But I cannot help thanking God. Because one day, when I was so down and out, and I heard about this plan, and after listening to the plan and hearing about the plan, then finding it out for myself, and I realized, wow, this is a good plan. I need to check into this plan. I need to commit to this plan. And when I committed to the plan, I faced all kinds of opposition. Everything you can think of came against me to try to discourage me, to try to cause me to fail, to try, try to cause me to think of myself as a failure, to try to cause me to think that I'll never amount to anything, pointing at all of my weaknesses and all of my failures, telling me that I can never reach any goals. And I don't know if you've ever been there or been through that, but that's not a very good place to be. But when I got to know his plan, and I realized that all I had to do was just simply follow his plan, and he'll do the rest. Amen. That made it a lot easier for me. Amen. And because of that, I'm growing and developing and multiplying and becoming great in the eyes of God because of his promise. In the same way that he promised Abraham, that I'm going to make you a great nation, and I'm going to multiply you, and that you're going to be exceedingly great, and you're going to be fruitful. God did exactly what he had planned. And even though there was oppositions along the way, just as there's going to be oppositions along your way, understand that you belong, you are a part of a greater plan, greater than your unemployment, greater than any afflictions in your body, greater than your, 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 your surmounting bills or whatever it is that you might be going through. God's plan is far greater than that. And if you're a part of that plan, you're going to see that plan through and watch God work. God has a plan. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Now wrap this up. (coughs) 
we're a part of something that belongs to God, that has something to do with God, we know that it cannot be overthrown. We saw that in Acts chapter 5 and verse 39. We know that nothing can come against it, nothing can deter it, nothing can slow it up. God's like a freight train. It's going to get to where it needs to go. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11 says, In Him we were also chosen, having predestined according to the what? Purpose or plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will. Now, I like this verse. I love this verse. Because, again, it describes God's determination of fulfilling a purpose or a plan for our lives. And he says, according to the plan of him who works out everything. Who is working out everything? Who? God is working out everything because it's his plan. And he's working out everything so that it can conform with his purpose. With the purpose of his will. And think about what God is doing in us. That's exactly what he's doing in us every day. Conforming us so that we can fit into his purpose. Glory to God. That is, that is powerful. Knowing that this is what God is doing in us. God has a plan in your lives. And he's doing a mighty work in us if we allow him. Because it's really up to us. He's made the promise. He's already done the plan. Now it's up to us to get on the bandwagon. Get with the plan. Get with the program. Get in the playbook. Make the team. And don't get cut. Well, let me just put it like this. God will not cut you. You'll cut yourself. All right? So make the plan. Go to Ephesians. While you're in Ephesians chapter 1, go to verses 3 through 6. Says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessings in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. That's God's plan. In love he predestined us to be what? Adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Now go one last verse. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And you know, when I shared with you about my experiences uh, trying out for the football team, I don't want you to get the impression I was a bad athlete. <laughs> Do not want you leaving with that impression in your mind. I was just wasn't a smart one, okay? <laughs> Romans chapter 8, beginning verse 29, says, For those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, I'm reading this by the, from the Amplified, he also destined from the beginning foreordaining them to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness that he might become the firstborn among many brethren and those whom he has foreordained he also called 
And those whom he called, he also justified, acquitted, made righteous, putting them into right standing with himself. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity and condition or state of being. You know, if you can't get excited about this, then you must be dead. But that is what God is doing. Because that was his plan from the beginning. And he set those plans in motion and is still doing it today. Even as we sit here. God will fulfill his plan in your life. You will be conforming to the image of his son. And each day you become more and more like his son. Glorifying the Lord. And all of the cracks that you have in your life. God's going to utilize that. Because he's going to shine forth through those cracks. His glory. And the more cracks, the more he shines. The more places for him to shine in us. And that's what I love about God. Amen. Amen. Let's begin to praise him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that we are part of something big. Something great. Something that is beyond us. And Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, for, for allowing us to be a part of this wonderful plan that you have. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for for the greatness that you display in our lives. And Father, we're so thankful that we can trust in you in fulfilling your plan and purpose for our lives. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that no matter what comes our way, no matter what we go through, no matter what tries to slow us up, Father, we know that your plan, your will will prevail over anything that will try to interfere with you your plans. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, for that. We give you glory and we give you honor and praise because you're such a wonderful God. Thank you, Father, for making us a part of your life. And so, Father, we give you all the glory. We thank you, Lord, for speaking.